I have a title. I do. I have a title. Um, we are designed to receive. We're designed to receive. And our, our I don't want to call it a slogan, but our plan for 2022, God is for you, restoration and breakthrough. Based on Psalms 145.19, in the Passion, it says, every godly one receives even more than what they ask for. We're designed to receive. Every godly one will receive more than what they ask for. Could you imagine? Okay, Lord, you know, we're just asking you for um, a little. But he says, you ask for a little, I'm going to give you much. Because he wants you to receive more than what you can even ask for. Now, we know that there's bedrock truths. Number one, God cannot lie. Number two, his word is true, and we can trust him. And if you can trust him with a little, what are you going to do when, he's, when he just starts get you, getting you into the deep water, right? And uh, number three, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Number four, as he is, so are we. So there's three different types of receiving that we're going to be talking about tonight. Number one, receiving. The Webster's 1828 dictionary says, to be given or to be presented with, um, the meaning of receive is to get or to be given something. Now, in the Greek, it is lambano. It means to take for oneself, to collect. But here's the one I want to get to. To take in order to carry away without the, notation of, without the notion of violence. Without, to receive something without the notion of violence. What does that mean? Easy, sweatless, effortless. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, please. Woo! That was pretty weak. That was, woo! Matthew eleven twenty-eight. I mean, when you're there. 28. It says, come unto me, Jesus speaking, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Your mind, your will, and your emotions will, will be at rest. For what? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. To take without the notion of violence he wants you to receive in a light and easy way. That's what he's saying today. Uh, let's jump to Matthew 21. And we're going to take it in uh, verse 22. Jesus, again, he said, And all these things, whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believing, believing, you shall receive. That word believing is pastuo, which means to commit to, to put your trust in. That's why our number two uh, in the bedrock truth we talk about, his word is true. We can trust him. So what things you shall ask in believing, knowing that you can put your trust in this word, you can put your trust in him today. And that word receive, again, is what, okay, all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer, believe. You can put your trust in it that you shall receive without the notion of violence. Effortless. Yoke is easy. Burden is light. Amen? Let's jump over to Mark chapter 4, please. 
I'm in uh, King James a lot this time. Imagine. Annette, it's going to be so easy for you. <laughs> Mark chapter 4. Praise the Lord. And we are going to take it in uh, verse 14. The sower sows the word. Verse 15, these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in the hearts. And these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, uh, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it. They receive, oh, yeah, that's so good, with gladness. Woo, we win, we win, we win. But verse 17, they have no root in themselves. And so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution or pandemic arises for the word's sake. For the word's sake. That's what it's all, all this stuff is for the word's sake. Trying to steal the word out of you. Trying to steal your faith from you. It says immediately they are offended. We've seen people offended for the word's sake. And it's like, oh my goodness, stop. Stop. Let's just move on. Leave that alone. Don't touch it. Don't give it life. Right? Because if you keep speaking to it, you're, gonna, you're giving it life. Let it go. There's 66 chapters in this Bible. I'm sure we could come up with something better than that. Can we? <laughs> Anyways, it says... Um, Verse 18, these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word and the cares or the busyness of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things entering in choke the word and becomes unfruitful. So I looked up the word choke just because, I, because, and it means to strangle physically. And if you ever watch anybody getting choked, um, there is nothing coming up. There is nothing coming out. You're a We've seen people get choked. Even on TV, you watch people get choked. And they're, air, they're flailing, trying to get air. Nothing's coming in. Nothing's going out. It says immediately, it chokes the word and it becomes unfruitful. You need air to breathe, right? Huh. And verse 20, these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it. That word, that's the same word, receive. Take it. It's effortless. And it brings forth fruit, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Thank you, Lord. We're 100 fold people. We sow 100 fold seed in everything that we do. Amen. Um, let's back up to, um, or go ahead, Mark 10, 46, please. Mark 10, chapter 46. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we, we are designed to receive. God made us receivers. And in verse 48, uh, 46, they came to Jericho, and he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out. And, and Pastor told us this years ago, that word cry out means screaming to go nuts. He just went wild, right? Because he knew. And he was, but he had something to say. He just wasn't, ah! He said, Jesus, you son of David, have mercy on me. Verse 48, many charged him that he should hold his peace. And he cried, the more a great deal. You son of David, have mercy on me. 
And Jesus stood still. Come on. Do our cries have him stand still? He was speaking and he was shouting in faith. And, and, he, and he commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good comfort. <laughs> they just told him to shut up before. And he said, Rise, he calls you. And he, verse 50, he casting away his garment. Um, blind people had blind clothes to wear. So that way they would know that they're blind people. So even before he got healed, he cast off his blind garment. He said, I'm ready for a new identity. Amen. What was it? He was ready to receive. What did he have to do? Throw it off. Throw it off. Amen. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and answered. What did he answer? It says, Jesus answered and said unto him, that's interesting. Jesus answered. What did he answer? You son of David, have mercy on me. And he said, what would, what wilt thou, what do you want me to do? In other words, this King James is kind of wild. He says, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive. Can we put a period right there? Lord, that I might receive. We need to start saying that. Lord, that I might receive. Help us to receive. It wasn't just about his sight. It's, it's with everything for, with us. Lord, help me to receive. And, and he says, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. How cool was that? Let's back up uh, uh, to uh, 1027, please. And Jesus, looking upon them, said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Which means on the opposite, without God, nothing's going on. Nothing. Then Peter began to say, Lo, lo, lo yo, we have left all and have followed you. And Jesus answered and said, Verily or truly I say unto you, there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but he shall receive. Again, we're designed to receive. He said, you shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. This time. Let's get our faith for this time. Not in the sweet by and by, but this time. Houses. Thank you, Lord. Our houses are paid for. Brothers, sisters, mothers, children, lands per with persecutions. What are they going to persecute you for? Why'd you get that such a nice house? You must have stole that money from the church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> with persecutions and in the world to come, eternal life. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 10, please, verse 41. Hallelujah. I've got a teacher thing on me today, I think. Hallelujah. I'll take it. Matthew 10, 41. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's re reward. Receive. Again, without the notion of violence, you're going to just, re just receive it. Just receive it. He that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. 
He that receives a pastor in the name of a pastor shall get a pastor's reward. But what's a pastor's reward? I'm glad you asked that question. Let's go to Jeremiah, please, chapter 23. Actually, no, uh, Jeremiah chapter 3, not 23. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15. And he said, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it shall come to pass when you are multiplied and increased in the land, in those days, says the Lord, they shall say no more the ark of the covenant of the Lord, neither uh, shall it come to mind, neither shall they remember it, neither shall they visit it, uh, neither shall that be done anymore. In other words, what they're saying here is, um, in the New Living, it says, you will no longer wish for the good old days. Oh, do you remember when? Oh, that was so good back then. We used to have, and used to do, and used to go, and blah, blah. That was back then. Right? <laughs> so, let's go to Isaiah, because you know where we're going. Isaiah 43, please. <laughs> I looked at that, and I went, ooh, okay. I hear you. So, we said, um, you'll no longer wish for the good old days, right? Now, over in Isaiah chapter 43, um, verse 18, it says, remember ye not, or forget not, the, or, or excuse me, forget the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. See, he's going to do a new thing, and shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In the message, forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Because it's old and it's historic. Be alert, be present, be in the now. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, uh, rivers in the bad lands. Praise the Lord. Philippians chapter 3, please. Philippians chapter 3, God's Electric Power Company. Are you there? Okay. Philippians chapter 3, um, verse 13. Brethren and sisters, I count not myself to have apprehended or have made it, but this one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, and I'm reaching forth into those things which are before me. I, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. New Living, it says, now, 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 dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the end of the race, and I receive, that word receive again, the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. See, receiving without effort, light and easy. John chapter 16, please. Are you there? Verse 23, in that day, you shall ask me nothing. You shall ask me nothing. Imagine. Then he says, verily, verily, if he's going to say it twice, 
He's trying to get something across. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Hitherto, or up till now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive. All you got to do is ask. It's that easy. That's why he said that your joy may be full. When it's that easy and you ask and you receive, you sit back, what? Seriously? Is that it? He said, yeah. That your joy may be full. And I like the word overflow to use with that. Acts chapter 1, please. Again, that, re that word receive. Verse 8, you shall receive power. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in J Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto all the uttermost parts of the earth. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, it's very easy to witness because he draws people to you that, that will listen to you. That way, you don't have to go around and, 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 and aggravate people. People come up to you and say, well, man, how come you're so lit up? How come you're so happy in, a, in the middle of a pandemic? What makes you tick? How come you're not in fear? They're coming to you. They're looking for answers, right? And we have the answer. So then it's like when they're, when they're asking you questions like that, they're open to hear that. They're, they're open to hear the, the, the gospel. Then you can witness to them. But if we try to put the cart before the horse and just go around, oh, you want to know about Jesus? The second word of receive is to react to something in a, spe in a specified way. It's like if you hear some news that is kind of bad, and, and then you, re like you, you respond with very calm. That's what it means, to respond very calmly to something uh, th that other people, when they're going to react, it's going to be very, oh! So let's go to Acts chapter 3, please. Verse 1. And you know these stories, but when I but but under um, knowing that we're designed to receive this, it it brought a different um, it brought a different way of looking at it. I guess you could say uh, Acts chapter three verse one. Now Peter and John went up to in, together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, three o'clock in the afternoon. A certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the great. Uh, gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that, that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. Pay attention. And you know, he would have said it with, these guys are fishermen. So they wouldn't have, all sheepishly, would you look at me? Do you have a minute? No. He said, look on us. And verse 5, I like this. He gave heed unto them, expecting to receive. That's that word. He, they said, look on us, and he's looking to receive. Because he, he's expecting something, but in a calm way. To react to. 
And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered into them with, into the temple. I remember listening to Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth E. Hagin, saying, when that man jumped up, he's never walked before. How did he do that? You know what I mean? Because you, you see a baby try to get up to learn how to walk, and they're like all over the place. But this guy immediately got up, walked, leaped, jumped, like he's always been doing it. Right? It says, immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength, and he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. He went to church. He didn't go to a home cell group. Just saying. Walking and leaping and praising God. This guy, it must have been a sight to be seen. And imagine, and it says, and all the people saw him walking and praising God. They must have been freaking out. If you saw somebody, because it says, like, the man's been lame since, his, since birth. So all those people knew who he was. Oh, it's a lame, it's lame buddy. Now they're watching this guy jumping and leaping all over the place. Um, isn't that the guy? Isn't somebody explain? Lucy, you got some explaining to do. Right? Um, Romans chapter 14, please. Verse 1. When I read it, it was like, what? Him that is weak in the faith, receive ye, receive him, but but not to doubtful disputations. And of course, when you see, like when you read something like that, you need to go digging because that does not make sense to me until I read it in New Living. It said, accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. It's not a debate. It's a decision. The message Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way that you do. That is huge. Certain groups feel that they know more than other people, or they're lacking in this, or they just don't measure up to that. And it says here, um, you know, Except other believers who are weak in faith. Don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. Don't argue. If anything, teach them. But let them really what you can what you should be doing is let them follow your example. Be an example and just say, okay, you know what? I've tried this and this worked for me. Why not try it yourself? I'm not going to argue with you about this. It's like people want to argue over doctrine. What for? All you're going to do is get mad and tell each other off. Right? It's not worth it. Message. Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see things the way that you do. Don't jump all over them. Every time they do or say something, you don't agree with. Ah! It's a bad confession! Come on now. 
<laughs> we all were confession police when we were going through those Charles Caps faith and confession. Oh my goodness. It's like, okay, you know what? <laughs> don't jump all over them every time they say or do something that you don't agree with. People are going to do and say things they don't, that you don't agree with. Right? Back to, um, back to uh, Luke chapter 6. Mercy. Show mercy. So you can receive mercy, because not everything that you do is going to be right. So not everything they do is going to be right. But if we work together, we can make it right. Amen? So don't jump all over them every time they do or say something that you don't agree with, even when it seems that they are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. I've seen people like that. Opinion. Wow. But remember that they have their own history to deal with. See, everybody has a story. So don't be jumping over everybody because if something hits them in, in a certain way, that it may, not, it may not agree with your doctrine, but you don't know what they went through. Right? And so when you, when you take time to listen to their story, you can have mercy for them and help them walk through the hurts. That's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be helping people walking through the hurts that they had. Because everybody has a story. Everybody's been hurt in one way or another. Right? Everybody's come with baggage. Everybody's come with luggage. We don't, we don't arrive here um, blue ribbon sheep. Praise the Lord. Doesn't work that way. And I like this. Treat them gently. Be sweet. My goodness. Stop pointing your finger at people and pointing out their sin. <clears throat> Glory to God. Mark chapter 10, please. Or Matthew, excuse me. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 40, it says, He that receives you receives me. It's Jesus speaking. He that receives me receives him that sent me. The message says, We are intimately linked in this great harvest work. Anyone who accepts what you do accepts me, the one who sent you. And anyone who accepts what I do accepts my Father who sent me. Again, it goes back to that, the previous verse we're talking about. Be gentle to people because they're saved now. And they may not know what you know, but they're saved now. Anyone who accepts what you do accepts me, the one who sent you. Anyone who accepts what I do uh, accepts my Father who sent me. Amplified, it says, He who receives and welcomes and accepts you receives and welcomes and accepts me, Jesus speaking. He who receives and welcomes and accepts me receives uh, and welcomes and accepts him who sent me. Be sweet. We're receivers. Receive people. Number three. Receive to prepare to take possession. Receive to prepare to take possession. In football, you have receivers. These guys 
Their, their whole deal is to, to keep their eye on the ball, get their hands ready to receive, in a position to receive. That's what we're supposed to be doing. How do we position ourselves for more of him? If a receiver in the NFL has his eye on the ball and his hands are up, that ball's up in the air, eyes up, hands up. All right, eyes up, hands up. Um, Psalms chapter 42. You know this one. We used to sing this. Years and years ago, you know it. You, we played it, as a matter of fact. Psalm 42, verse 1. As a heart pants for the water brook, so my, heart, my soul after thee, O God. As a deer longs for the streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Mm. When? Psalm 63, please. Verse 1. O God, you are my God, and early will I seek you. My soul, my, my, my mind, my will, and my emotions thirst for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where no water is to see your power, to see your glory. So I have seen you in the sanctuary. And because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul should be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth will, will praise you with joyful lips. If you do not have joyful lips, repeat verse 4. It will work for you. Verse 4, thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands. Hands up, eyes up. The joyful lips as a result, right? Verse 6, when I remember thee upon, the, upon my bed and meditate on, the, on you in the night watches, because you have been my help, therefore in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. Verse 8, my soul follows hard after you. Your right hand upholds me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> wow. Matthew 7, uh, in, the, in the Living Bible, verse 7, and, and, uh, it says, Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and you'll be given what you ask for. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks, receives. Anyone who seeks, finds. If only you will knock, if only you will knock, the door will be open. We need to knock. We need to be knockers, door knockers. But on his door, not on people's doors. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter 5, please. Again, this is being in position to receive. Um, we're going to take it in verse 25. And a certain woman, <laughs> which had an issue of blood 12 years, she suffered many things and many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing better but grew worse but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. Now, she wasn't even allowed to be on the same side of the street as anybody. She had to walk around on the opposite side of the streets, screaming, I'm unclean. 
So what was her self? She had no self-respect. Her self-image was just toast. But she heard of Jesus, and she came in. And the press behind and touched his. She, so she pressed through these people. She could have been killed. She could have been stoned because anybody with an issue of blood like that, um, they, if they come around people that are clean, quote unquote clean, um, they could be stoned, right? But verse 28, she said, if I may, but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And in the uh, Amplified, it says that she kept on saying, she kept on saying, what was she doing? She was push, positioning herself to receive. She kept on saying, she said it, she said it, she said it till faith came. That's how we position ourselves. We say it and say it because it, it, it has to come from your mouth to your head. Then it gets to your heart. And when it gets to your heart, then you, you, you're in. Amen. And she said, uh, if I may touch his but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway, verse 29, the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? Mm. His disciples said unto him, you see them... <laughs> You see this multitude of people throng on you, and you said, who touched me? Then he looked around about to see her that, that had done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, she knew. She knew. Why? She was in position to receive, and she received that. Knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him, told him all the truth, and he said unto her daughter, she was called everything but a daughter. But he called her daughter. That's Jesus. People might call you all kinds of stuff, but he's going to call you son. He's going to call you daughter. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your plague. Man. Hallelujah. Glory. Couple more verses. Matthew 22. We're going to the Passion now. Verse 34. We started in King James, we'll end in the, in the Passion. Matthew 22, 34. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they called a meeting to, dis to discuss how to trap Jesus. Then one of them, a religious scholar, posed this question to test him Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And Jesus answered him, Love the Lord your God with every passion of your heart, with all the energy of your being, with every thought that is within you. Verse 38, this is a great and supreme commandment. And the second is like it in, in importance. You must love your friend in the same way you love yourself. Contained within these commandments to love you will find all the meaning of the law and the prophets. Man, two things, right? Matthew 6, 12, in the Passion, it says, Forgive us the wrongs that we've done, as we are ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. I'm going to say it again. Forgive us the wrongs we have done, as we ourselves release forgiveness. Forgiveness to those who have wronged us. 
You release forgiveness. Let it go. Don't hang on to it. It'll make you sick. And verse 14, and when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. Again, not everybody's a blue ribbon sheep. Not everybody's perfect. People have faults. Forgive them. Forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will also forgive you. Hello? But if you withhold forgiveness from others, your Father withholds forgiveness from you. That's one of those mic drop. Bam. Think about it. It's serious. Yeah, it's serious stuff. We're designed. I heard this, and I'm going to leave it with you. It's one little line, but it was so cool. It says, I have a heart of flesh which beats to the will of the Father. Isn't that good? I have a heart of flesh which beats to the will of the Father. When I heard that, I went, ooh. Yeah, that's us. We're human. We're human. Supernaturally human, but still human all the same. I have a heart of flesh with beats to the will of the Father. I remember a guy used to say, yeah, my heart goes, save souls, save souls, save souls, save souls. Praise the Lord. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.